Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone. This is Bakabytes, a show where we talk about all things anime and manga, from news to previews and all our idiotic views. I'm Frankfurter and with me is my co-host, the Munchy Megalomaniac Magically Average. Today we are going to talk about updates on older stories and more really weird and trancing voice acting shenanigans. So let's hop straight into it with news number one. We have an update on the Yu-Gi-Oh! creator Kazuki Takahashi's untimely death. Um, According to a report, uh, Takahashi was attempting to aid a few people caught in a riptide and passed away in the riptide trying to save the, the few people caught out at sea. A U.S. Army officer was also on the scene and tried to rescue the uh, 11-year-old and her mother as well and saw that he had, or I don't know if he had found out after or if it was before that he found out that... Yeah, he found out after. Yeah, so Takahashi jumped in and he found out after that somebody had tried to swim out there and also save the the people caught out at sea. Um, so really kind of just unfortunate events there. Um, there were several witnesses along with the autopsy report that confirmed that it was drowning and that there was no foul play. Uh, the U S army official that, uh, did ultimately end up saving the 11 year old and her mother, uh, said that the, uh, Takahashi had died trying to save someone else and that he was a hero for trying to do so. Um, we talked a lot about this the last time when this news story broke and, you know, our past with Yu-Gi-Oh! and everything else. And it's just kind of really, really more on, it's just super fucking bad, bad, bad. I don't know how else to describe it other than this really fucking sucks. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's extremely unfortunate, right? It's, it's, I mean, it's one of those situations though. And just, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the upside, right? You look at all the the you look at it from a positive view is that, you know, he risked his own life to try to save others. And you know, I'm going to believe in my heart that he, based on his efforts, you know, that's what helped out the entire operation. You yeah. know, it's it, it's you just got to put a spin on it to make it it seem better because I mean nothing's worse than Losing someone, especially someone as influential as um, Takahashi, so it's just really hard. But if you look at it from that angle, you know it makes it a little bit easier to handle. But yeah, I it, reading the article was de- challenging too because the reason why this didn't come out sooner was because they wanted to do the reports to make sure they had all the information correct, and they didn't want to traumatize the young girl and her mother because they did in fact see Takahashi under the water and then basically be sucked underneath from the riptide. Um, yeah. So trying to avoid as much trauma there as possible, but sad, Which, 
nothing more to say other than it's just terrible and sad and you know thoughts go out to the family but at the end of the day you know his efforts helped save other people's lives and yeah you know that's all you can wish for i guess yep and if you live in a coast or you're moving towards a coast please learn about riptides that's something that you learn i mean i grew up on the west coast so it's something that i learned from an early age it's like hey don't go out too far uh riptides will get you and they yeah it doesn't matter if you're old or young they they get you so and that's why the office the u.s officers were out there because they were doing trainings and you know they just happened to be in a training situation and it's just yeah again really unfortunate but be careful everyone yep um moving on to some other news which is not super like it's pretty unfortunate still um we're Updating you on the whole Olympic debacle um, with new story number two. Who knew that toys commit could commit crimes? Except for I mean, maybe, Toy Story. Eh, Toy Story four yeah. maybe. But, yeah, it's yeah. closest. <laughs> um, so back to this. Uh, yet another company has been added to the bribery list of the uh, 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Uh, this time it's Sun Arrow, a toy mor- uh, mor- merchandise merchandise company known for making plush toys for Studio Ghibli and other anime. It is alleged that the uh, Olympic Committee member Haruyuki Takahashi, who is at the center of the entire scandal, received approximately 8 million yen, or in this case, 54,000, which I feel like is a really low bribe for like this type of thing. But yeah, I mean, it it's not, eh, I don't know. But, um, yeah, uh, basically 8 million yen bribe from Sun Arrow to be in a part of, like, an official sponsor of the the Olympics. Tokyo's Prosecutor's Special Investigation Squad has accused Takahashi of lobbying the Olympic Organization Committee to extend favors to the companies, or to the company that he is alleged to have received money from. Uh, Now, you can add Sun Arrow to Kotakawa, and I'm sure... Many, many, many more companies are going to come out in the coming year from this investigation. God, I, I hope not. I hope this list is small and finite and doesn't expand outwards because, oh, that would, that would put such a damper on everything. Yeah, I, I mean, it would, but I mean, 50, to be completely frank and transparent here, like $54,000 is not a whole ton of money, I feel like, when yeah. it comes to like bribes. Like, this is... Like, Tokyo's whole, or this, like, Olympic Committee's whole thing of just, like, their scandal being, you know, over a matter of what, I th- Kodokawa was $100,000, I think. So, $150,000 compared to, you know, Russia doping and fucking the Rio Olympics with all their shitty, like, infrastructures and, uh, like, living conditions. Like, this is just peanuts, I feel like, compared to all the other things, but it's just, like... It's just every Olympics we get something, some sort of scandal with planning or whatever. It's just, I don't understand. It's just, yeah. This is just speculation too, because I'm not in those board meetings by any means. And I don't think anyone really has that much information yet. But my guess would be that the bribes are relatively small in size because it's, it's not a guarantee they were going to get it right. It's, this is just this one person who's lobbying on behalf of these companies. So it's like, hey, as opposed to me pushing for Y company, I can push for you if you just give me a little extra change. Yeah, and maybe it's I just think that's, so that's the reason why. Maybe it's also so small because, like, hey, it's still it's one my person. Pocket. Well, it's also one person, but it's like, hey, this money is so minuscule that maybe it'll just fly under the radar. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the I, I we're not gonna get too deep into the giant charlie's red wire line of this money moved here and there and that way and everywhere because I, I i reading one of the articles it seemed that way but basically it's like this this main person haruki takahashi um no affiliation to the Yu-Gi-Oh creator at least i hope to god not um is like the sort of the person that's the middleman between the companies and holding companies and the Olympics. So there's like three parties or entities involved. And then he's at the epicenter of it all. Yeah. So like when companies want to get on the committee, they go to him because he is, or used to be, I think, well now used to be a member of the Olympic organization committee. And then through 
other just professional connections has relations with holding companies and hedge companies who can like transfer money and you know disguise money not saying that they're doing anything dirty but that he's doing it dirty on his end so like it's a whole web of just chaos and shit so yeah i mean the dollar value is small but i the the big issue though is that you have large companies being caught in this and the ramifications moving forward not just like as the company but in terms of like future potential olympics in japan what that could spell out again not to your point not as not as egregious as what russia or brazil did probably Um, something the united states has done yeah fucking shitholes my my biggest thing too honestly is that i think the olympics should just not exist anymore It, it costs too much money to the countries the athletes have to pay for their fucking medals because they get taxed on them which is dumb it's stupid it's like hey congratulations you did this great thing through our country happy taxation on your gold medal you fool yeah and then it's also this like i don't know maybe i'm just so jaded in my view but i'm like why the fuck do i have to yeah whatever you can call me whatever you want but like I, i don't give a shit about gymnastics except for one month out of every four years like i don't give a shit about bobsledding except for one month out of like just it doesn't i don't care maybe back in like the early 1900s when you you didn't get to see a lot of these sports in your native country because you just didn't have access or the the funds to be able to like sponsor any sort of team yeah sure it was probably cool to watch people compete in like taekwondo or curling or um feeling cricket feeling the rhyme getting it on up it's bobsled time yeah yeah that one exactly like, it was probably cool, but, like, nowadays when you have the internet and you have fucking, you could walk down any street and you pass by, like, 30 different gyms that offer a bajillion different types of sports, you know? It's, like, it's not as interesting. So, I don't know. That's my take on the Olympics. But regardless, this whole situation is not looking good. Um, no. And, like I said earlier, just I, I hope, I pr- pray to good golly gosh that this is the short list that there's that we're, we're nearing the end and we're not you know at just the tip of the iceberg because boy oh boy could this just spiral out of control in the near future if that's the case yeah it's it'll be something i mean i'm wondering now that like this one guy is being investigated if now the entire council of like advertising is probably like hmm Let's look at all your expenses for the past year and all your income, too. Yeah. Just to make sure other people didn't take money from these companies as well. But Yeah, that, that's will, the biggest worry. This will be an ongoing investigation. This will be an ongoing story. I'm sure we'll find out more, um, either details as to what exactly happened or more companies that just were like, yep, nope, it was me. And I feel like if more companies start coming out, I feel like other companies will just like get ahead of it and just be like, yeah, I'm going to get find, found out. I'm just going to come on out and say it. But who knows? Yeah. Moving on to news story number three, voice actors are actors too, so treat them that way. But also, maybe? I don't know. This is a this is an ongoing story. This there's this is a shit show story. Yeah. Normally, yeah. Uh, buckle up, everyone. This is going to take up a majority of the podcast now. But... Yes. So <sighs> normally we don't talk about video games here, unless sometimes anime video games, but hardly ever. Um, yeah. This one, this one, we're going to go into because it is very topical about voice acting. Um, we have another story about notable voice actors being paid an insulting amount of money for their work as a lead character. Uh, as a reminder, a few months ago, I think we talked about how the voice actors for the Demon Slayer movie, or not, yeah, no, Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen. Kaisen. Is Jujutsu, sorry, I'm wearing a Demon Slayer hoodie, not a Jujutsu Kaisen hoodie today. <laughs> My bad. Uh, the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie, the English voice actors, the highest paid people on the movie maybe made $1,000. Everybody else was made peanuts comparatively. Yeah, a couple hundred here and there. And that movie went on to break a fucking fuck ton of records. So, yeah. this is But then that also, that led to Mob Psycho, this whole Mob Psycho issue in, you know, recently yep. too, with the SAG-AFTRA stuff too. So, yep. the voice actors 
and the entire industry as a whole has have been in the news a lot lately. And but, oh, yeah. no, no, now there's this one. Jumping straight into it, uh, Helena Taylor, the voice of Bay- uh, Bayonetta, recently made a tweet and video detailing her experience during the development of Bayonetta 3 and why she de- uh, decided to decline the role. In her video, Taylor recounted having to audition again, which is standard process, being awarded the role, and then receiving her contract with the pay, which was ultimately uh, just insulting, is what she said, and she decided to turn down the offer. That wasn't to say there wasn't any back and forth. Taylor was originally given a, quote, insulting offer to come back as Bayonetta for its third installment, Taylor requested a better offer, which led the director crea- uh, director and creator Hideki uh, Kamiya, w- in which he said is the, quote, most incredible offer ever, a flat rate of $4,000. This is all allegedly according to Taylor. The company claims that the scheduling issue is what led to the decision, but Taylor assured everyone that it had nothing to do with scheduling. So just face value here, we have voice actor or actress coming out saying that i think with how timely all these other articles are maybe just jumping in here she's like i can get some recognition here maybe some some headway on it etc but basically she's coming out saying like hey for my work as a main character i was offered shit money which yeah to be fair like four thousand dollars flat rate for a main character I don't know what the going pay is, but to me, that seems ridiculously low. Yeah, I mean, it, unless she's doing it all in one take, in one session, like, it's Bayonetta's a triple A game from Nintendo, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, yep, that it's, would, it's insulting to be offered $4,000. Yeah, and uh, again, I went to, I brought this up in another podcast, probably when we were talking about Mob Psycho, but like when we went to PAX mm-hmm. East, I went to a voice acting panel and they're uh, entertaining questions at the end. And I asked them, I was like, hey, with all the things coming out about Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, this is way before Mob's whole situation came out. Um, I said, do people who want to get into voice acting usually try to get into anime as like a stepping stone to get into better roles, such as like video games or, you know, shows on Cartoon Network and Disney and Nickelodeon, which RIP Cartoon Network, that's a different story. That's that's a whole thing any that we're not gonna discuss today. Um and they kinda danced around it at first and then they just were like because they were like, Yeah, there's some people who can make a living off of anime. However, majority of people do use it as a stepping stone. They like the passion can only go so far. Which I was yeah. thankful that they actually answered it, etc. So, like, for uh, this to come out and say, like, "Oh, I'm only going to make four thousand dollars," that's just insulting. That's just that is that seems like an insulting number for a full blown video game. Yeah, well, because imagine someone who's been in the industry for as long as she has, which I think she dates back to starting off in video games to like 2006 or seven, even. Yeah, mid 2000s. So, yeah, a number of years in the industry, having, you know, experience under her belt, this being the third time she's playing Bayonetta as well, and being offered $4,000. I mean, if you think about that, given her her experience, like, how many years it would take to even start making a livable wage without, yeah. you know, having to work 24-7, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, right? Like, you'd have to work nonstop just to, to stay afloat. That's a lot of numbers you just said there, bud. It's a lot. It's I know. a lot. But um, we're going to just continue on with this story because, boy, and boy, howdy, is this a roller coaster. So she declines the role. The new voice of Bayonetta, Jennifer Hale, was awarded the role after t- Taylor turned it down. Taylor who has uh, says she has no ill will towards Hale for taking the role, but does feel that she, being Jennifer, uh, is still the true voice. Or, sorry, she being uh, Helena Taylor not Jennifer Hale, uh, Taylor is still the true voice of Bayonetta and should not, and that Jennifer Hale should not be able to sign merchandise as Bayonetta. So basically, go to Comic-Cons, go to uh, gaming industry panels and other things, and yeah. like be like, I'm Bayonetta, and put this on my resume, etc. Like, no, you, you kind of signed that over when you turned it down. 
so she's kind of like, hey, I have no ill will, but don't fucking do this. And yeah. to add on top of that, um, she also said, let's boycott this video game. I want you to take the money that you were going to use to pay for this video game and spend it on, like, send it, like, give it to charity. Give it to a charity of your choice or, you know, whatever. So this didn't sit well with Hideki Kamiya, the director and creator of Bayonetta. And he just decides to just add fire to this fuel and just take to Twitter. It's just, it's it's Twitter. It, it's, it, whenever you're mad, Twitter. Um, he tweeted out, quote, sad and deplorable about this, the attitude of untruth. That's what I can, all, or that's what all I can tell now. There were other choice words in there, and he's said other choice words um, in the past and since then to, like, his audience. He likes to reference them as insects for some reason, but, you know, big man big. Um which it's just like now we have like oh you're lying no you're not i'm you're lying no you're lying it's just a bunch of pointing fingers because we we're peasants we're the people who consume video games and everything else we don't see the actual contracts until today uh, uh we are recording this on the 18th by the way uh tuesday not monday like normal um today we got an update though uh as reported by bloomberg they uncovered a much different tale than what Helena Taylor had been painting in her video. In their report, they found that Platinum Games had offered to pay Taylor three to four thousand dollars per session and approximately about four to five sessions in total. Minimum she'd be making was about fifteen thousand, at most probably around twenty thousand for the entire game, not the four thousand flat fee that she was telling everybody. Taylor declined and um, declined the three to four thousand per session, and asked for a six-figure sum with residuals for her role. To which Platinum Games declined and ultimately led to Taylor refusing the role. So basically, she's like, "I want at least like a hundred k. Like six figures is a hundred k minimum. Like God knows what the actual number was." And also, like, uh... I feel like nobody in the industry really gets residuals unless it is like hey can i go to panels and everything and pay like you know people can pay me for my signature on official merch or whatever yeah i feel like that might be a residual of some sort i was gonna say that's not even like technically a residual that's just that's just you that's just your signature the rights well that's just you having the rights to you your role as a character in the video game right yeah like it, that's that's a given for, for most situations. It's I'd be hard pressed to find many video games or, or shows that would be like, you know what? No, you need to ask us to grant you rights to go out and sign signatures. Like no, you, you see people doing that all the time at, at conventions and whatnot. So yeah, I actually have a signed pop. Uh, I don't collect pops anymore, but I have a signed pop of uh, Eraserhead on my thing by the English oh, nice. voice actor. I paid him, I, I think, 15 or 20 bucks for that uh, that signature. <laughs> I don't collect pops either, but I have uh, somewhere in my room a signed uh, Professor Farnsworth from Billy West. Hell yeah. Who was such a gentleman, and I loved him. He's my my favorite. But, yeah, like that stuff you can do. So yeah. I the, her asking for residuals is, yeah, that's that seems odd. Unless she's like part creator of the game i don't think she would have any rights to get residuals in this case so. yeah and moving on even more so with this report because god knows that we're on this roller coaster together now folks the report was also corroborated by vgc who also found that taylor would have received a quote significant increase in pay from her previous pay when voicing bayonetta 2 or voicing bayonetta in the second game Taylor has continued to deny these claims and even doubled down on her own story by saying the report is, quote, an absolute lie, end quote, and that Platinum Games is simply, quote, trying to save their asses and the game. Taylor continued on by adding that she wants to put the entire franchise behind her and focus on her life in the theater. So this is probably why we were discussing before the show, like, she hasn't done voice acting since like Bayonetta has been her last basically voice acting role. Anytime yeah. Bayonetta is in some sort of video game, she is the voice of Bayonetta until now. And I know that Taylor, uh, not Taylor Hall, uh, Jennifer Hall 
or Hale, sorry, Jennifer Hale has like made her own tweet to addressing the whole thing before the Bloomberg article in which it was just a bunch of word salad basically saying like, I can't comment, but I am all for like voice actors getting paid. It's been something that I always advocate for, et cetera, et cetera. And just like word salading that she can't talk about it other than like yeah that. She also, the, her Jennifer's tweet also talked about like how it wouldn't be fair to boycott the game because it's not just Helena Taylor that's involved. You know, right. there's a whole development team and people that dedicated a lot of time and, you know, sweat and tears to, to create this, you know, Bayonetta three in the third game. So that was part of her tweet, but yeah, that honestly at this point in time is before we were like, Oh, you know, it's starting to get really spicy, but it's just <laughs> with all these reports coming out, that's like the least, glaring issue of of anything that's coming out it's like it's like oh that's just that's just minuscule compared to all these (laughs) all this hard evidence coming out from reports this is the juicy stuff yeah and also if it take this with a grain of salt um she's retweeted pretty much every single piece of article for that's come out from bloomberg and uh vgc so it you there's two uh, two sides to every story people so there is there um, is it this situation though is it's, it's no matter it's, what side you look at it yeah it's, it's really just shitty bad. it's just really shitty because yeah. you want to you want to believe that the person who's making these claims uh isn't you know making these claims for malicious reasons uh person being cl- or making the claims being taylor you don't want to believe that she's doing this out of malice in which it's like hey you know, just because I didn't get what I wanted and I didn't get the amount of money that I wanted, like everybody else should suffer for this. And I'm just going to go under the guise of voice actors aren't paid enough because it's been such a hot button topic. And then just the whole situation is just deflated. And I feel like it's like, I want to believe her that like, yeah, the whatever contract she got wasn't good. But at the same time, like, she's not telling us the truth uh, and right the truth being the amount of money that she was supposed to get was at minimum 15,000 to probably a max of 20 so like there's so many things that we don't know still we don't like it could be a whole thing with her agent in which her agent told her a lie about what the article or contract was it could be you know uh just like a translation error i don't know but the fact that like i it's you want to take you want to always believe in the victim but when the victim is caught red-handed it's just like fuck this will ruin this will just like ruin arguments in the future for people who are claiming like hey i was only paid a thousand dollars to be the main character in jujutsu kaisen zero it's like no 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 that person lied you're lying too and it's just like because yep. you're under NDA with your contract, it's just this whole situation sucks. It sucks ass. And just Hideki himself is also just, or yeah, Hideki is just not, or Mr. Kamiya or Kamiya san, I don't know, whichever one you want to call him, uh, isn't making this situation any better because he's that very defensive, hard headed person of just like, if you're going to believe this blatant lie without doing any research or whatever, it's just like, well, the normal person doesn't have the research to give. It's like, you are the literal big boss in charge here. Fucking throw her contract out on Twitter and just put it out there and show everybody. Yeah, no, this was a lie. It's just like, instead of like coming after people and insulting them, it's just, it's ugly on both sides and it sucks for the industry as a whole. It really fucking does. Cause nobody in this case is going to be a winner. Yeah. Well, to to your point about us just regular normies not having any information, that's why when Taylor's original video came out, everyone just rallied behind her because it's like, oh, this is blatant, just downright bad business practices on the Platinum Games and how they engaged her for voicing Bayonetta in the third game. Like, who... Who in the right mind would ever accept four thousand dollars flat rate as the best offer 
that that they could receive for being the lead role in the third installment of a game where they've already voiced the other two times, right? Like, yeah. everyone would laugh in the face of that contract. So yeah, at, on face, everyone who watched her video and was following along, especially after uh, Hideki Kamiya's tweets as well, were like, yeah, no, Helena Taylor, victim, clear, clear, cut and day, like, no argument. But then almost like, what, two days later? Yeah. Not even? Like one business two days day. <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, we get these reports from Bloomberg, Bloomberg, and then the second sort of corroboration from VGC being like, no, no, um, that's not the case. We found that she had this in her contract. It was three to $4,000 per session, around four to five sessions. Um, this was going to be significantly more than what she received for Bayonetta 2, this and that. Like, now it's like, okay, well, you've lost all credibility. Like, you're done. Sorry, yeah. you're done. Like, I, the, the moment that that you sent over these articles to me and I was reading through them, I was like, okay, well, she just ex- effectively blew up her career. And yep. that's the risk you take, right? Like, my whole, this is a mindset that I've had for a long time. And it this might be the reason why I am a jaded person at times, but you know I think it's the 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 safest and most effective route to view things. Um, I if you come to me and you say something to me, and I have no way of doing my own personal research or validating what you're saying, I'm gonna take you as as face value for your telling the truth. It's like cool, great. I I have my full trust in you. I believe you wholeheartedly. There's nothing that would indicate to me that you're lying. Yep. The second I find something that completely defeats what you've said or calls you out, and then there's multiple levels of corroboration that say, yeah, no, this is, this is wrong. They're telling lies. This guy then I go, is a okay. liar. Yeah. Then I go, okay, well, now, unfortunately, you've been blacklisted from me. Um, you'll never hold any value in any of the words you say to me. It's going to be complete lies all the time. That's how I'm going to view you. That's yeah. just, it's, it's the easiest way to live because rather than worrying all the time, you're like, no, I'm going to, you, you trust someone until they prove you wrong. And in this case, Helena Taylor kind of pulled everyone in, right? They tugged at everyone's heartstrings, was like, this is, this is hard for me because, I mean, she revealed in her video too that, you know, she suffers from anxiety and depression, and it's been really challenging during COVID, especially with the current economic state of her home country in the United Kingdom. Um, I know she's living in the United States now, but, like, there's a lot going on in her life. And then she finally gets to voice Bayonetta 3, you know, Bayonetta for the third installment of the game and gets shafted. So you're like, yeah, no, I feel for her completely. Like, this is bullshit. Yep. But the moment those articles came out, it's a complete 180. It's a, uh, yeah. well, you've ruined your career. You've ruined your credibility. Have fun going into theater, I guess, because God knows no one's going to want to hire you moving forward. And, yeah. you know, I'm I'm sorry. Like, even the emotional stuff and the personal stuff, it's like, I I, I feel for you, but I, I I don't think that that makes an excuse for what you just did. Like, it's definitely not a reason you can't validate what you've said on the internet because you go, well, you know, I have anxiety and depression. It's like, yeah, a lot of people suffer from that, but they also don't lie about shit. <laughs> like it, you, you gotta stay truthful and honest it's, and you just blew up all these people that were supporting you. Yep. It's, it's frustrating to say the least, but um, we'll see. There's probably going to be more news to come here. God knows there's always more news for this type of thing, but it's never ending. It's no. never ending. But know what else is never ending? Oh, God. Please don't. My new dates and announcements oh, list. Oh, God. Pa-pow, no. pa-pow. Yeah, yeah. Boom, no. bah, ooh, bah. Uh, That's my new sound effect for it. Remember it for next week, That's okay? just me, me crying in the background. Yep. That's the new sound effect for new dates and announcements. New dates and announcements. Uh, God. <laughs> Apparently, Disillusion Adventures Will Save the World is getting an anime and it will premiere in January 2023, which, hard stop, real quick, I don't care about the title, whatever. How many fucking shows are coming out in January 2023? How many people were so scared of going up against Bleach, Chainsaw Man, and Mob Psycho 
that they were like, uh uh-uh, we're just going to push it to fucking January. We'll do winter 2022. It's fine. And Spy Family and And Blue Lock and Reincarnate as a Sword. Well, like the list goes on Yes, I think Reincarnate is a little bit lower on that totem pole, but you know. Well, I mean, there were like just in terms of returning shows and then new shows that were hyped and then new shows that just had like minimal interest. I mean, that's basically you've just highlighted all of fall season. Yeah. Right. There's so there's every... a lot in the fall and there's just it seems like there's even more just vanillaware and other things in January and it's just like because there's so much all of that vanillaware some of it'll get seen some of it's just gonna be shelved in the GameStop down the street that's gonna close down after the GameStop debacle goes up and down again and the movie comes out and then the movie tanks and then GameStop tanks inevitably and then they're just like I don't know what went wrong let's try NFTs and then NFTs fail and they're like I don't know what went wrong sorry I'm going off I I don't even I don't even know what you're saying anymore but I was going to just add a conspiracy theory before you go deeper into the new dates and announcements continue Um, I think that the reason why there's so many shows being confirmed for January or winter season Mm -hmm. is that people that are buying new subscriptions that may, might not have had Crunchyroll or High Dive or even Hulu for that matter, um, will just stick around and be like, oh, okay, I wonder when new shows are coming out. But my personal opinion is that people are going to be so fucking burnt out from the fall season and, and watching 10 plus shows because they're all fire and, and incredible that they're going to take a huge break in winter. So there's all these shows coming out being like, yeah, yeah, we're get on the hype train, choo-choo, and no one's going to board because they're going to be like, bro, we're getting off at this next station because we are fucking tired. <laughs> like, did you see the, the, the lineup for the fall season? Do you know what you're having to go up against, you know, in the future? Like, ooh, we need a break. That was a lot. So you want to? So this does not include kids shows because honestly, I don't think there's a kids show on this list. Do you want to take a guess as to how many shows are with no kids shows are expected to come out in fall twenty or in winter twenty twenty three? Like currently confirmed because we on, could get on more live confirmations chart, on live chart dot or live chart dot me right now from shows from this season transferring to next season and brand new shows. Do you want to take a guess? I'm going to say 52. You are damn close. 54. Oh, that was None close. of them are kid shows. God damn. 54? None of them are kid shows. 54? 54 That's fucking well, shows, dude. Okay. In, in fairness, though, too, it is the winter time, which means more people are staying indoors, too, because of the weather. But still, 54. Holy moly. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, Moving on. Because right. we, we've got a lot to get through. Uh, Spy yeah. Family tops the NPD book scan list for top adult graphic novel and ranks number two on the New York Times graphic novel or graphic books and manga list. The Ace of Diamond Act 2 manga is ending in two chapters. This one's my personal favorite on this list. Oshinoko, uh, which is a the manga done by Aka Akasaka, who is also the creator of Kaguya-sama, um, is the Oshinoko anime will come out in 2023, don't know when yet still, but it'll have a 90-minute first episode, which is... That's a fucking movie. <laughs> yes, and I'm very excited because I... That's not an episode, sh- that's a movie. I'm pretty sure I know what they're going to cover in those first 90 minutes, which is very necessary because, like, the story at the very beginning is, like, so up and down, and then once it hits that, like, after that 90 minutes, I, it's going to be like, okay you know the path that it's on right now and you know the direction it's going. Here you go. Here's your show. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Also, if you don't know what Oshinoko is, uh, you can read all of the manga that's out currently on Manga Plus, which is a free app. So go download it, read it. It's great. It's very bizarre at the very beginning, but after you can, once you get past that, it's, it's fantastic. Um, moving on. Uh, Hiroshi Fukuda will launch a new manga titled Ojo-sama of the Rock on October 28th. Junji Ito's uh, Maniac, Japanese Tales of Macabre. Macabre? 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 Yeah. I think that's right. (laughs) I can never pronounce that fucking word. Anytime you don't know the pronunciation, you always go into question marks, and I'm like, I'm wondering if he's trying to draw me in to correct him, or if he's just doing this. Both? 
Yeah. Both? I don't know. <laughs> just, just to, like, comfort. It's like, uh, I think I'm right. Tell me I'm right, please. <laughs> they announced four stories that are going to be adapted into this uh, anime. The four stories are going to be Ice Cream Truck, Tombtown, Library Vision, Headless Statue, um, or and Headless Statue. Ice Cream Truck and Tombtown have actually not gotten an English manga release, but it will in the uh, new book release, Tombs, a Junji Ito story collection, which comes out in March 28th. The next one, uh, uh, Herbivorous Dra- I almost fucked that up. An Herbivorous Dragon of 5,000 Years Gets Unfairly Villainized will premiere in January 2023. You wanted to say something there. I know you did. I saw, well, I, hand, I saw the hand come to the microphone just like... I, I was hoping you were going to say Herbivorous. <coughs> herbivorous? And I was going to like... Herb. Herb. Like herbivorous. And I was going like, to like quick like screen cap and like record and... Like Herb, Kirk Herbstreet? Yeah, Kirk Herb Derbstreet. Yeah. Anywho. The manga... Uh, this is funny. This is just terribly written by me. The manga, quote, The manga Insects of 1978, uh, end quote... Uh, has ended and we'll get one volume release. So there you go. Um, as if we weren't, you know, freaking just chomping at the bit for Bleach when we didn't know anything about Bleach, Disney Plus has, uh, has updated that it, quote, has no update on when Bleach will be available in Latin America. Uh, Are we surprised, the... though? No. It's not surprising, right? No, because Disney's like... just a shithead. And uh, I know we talked earlier about um, my thought as the next show that disney's going after and i think it's inuyasha because you can watch the first two seasons of inuyasha on netflix and crunchyroll but you can't watch the rest of it like all the movies in the first two seasons are on those but the rest of it you can only watch on hulu yes mr handsy man and that basically confirms one of my theories from way back when we were first talking about the whole bleach disney plus debacle which is i think Disney Plus is going to start bringing over older series to either Disney Plus or Hulu. Yeah. Like they're going to start building out that library because they want to they want to capture the older anime watchers, which I mean Bleach is the easiest one to get in cuz god knows I mean it's a big 3 and then you get all the new people that are coming in watching Thousand Year Blood War. Yep. So cha-ching there. And then you also if you start bringing in like Inuyasha or Sailor Moon or Yu Yu Hakusho or whatever, then you get the older anime watchers too that are like, "Okay, I get to watch some of my old stuff there." And hey, look, there's a new show coming out this season. I wonder what this is going to be like. So it's yeah. a perfect strategy. Like I I called it out. I'm pretty sure I called it out in a in a earlier po- uh, podcast episode that this was like th- this was had to be the direction they were going. So, uh validation. Woo. I don't remember, but real quick side note, and then we'll continue on with this list. Um, I talked to my little sister today, and she was like, I hate Bleach. I was like, why? And she's like, I was like, the story itself is pretty good. She's like, why? Because I've tried watching it on three separate occasions, and every time I get after the soul, like they leave the Soul Society for the first time, I just fucking fall off, and I hate it. I was like, yeah. you, mean, you mean the vampire arc of the bounce, right? And she's like, yeah, that one. I was like, you do know that's filler, and you could just skip it. She's like, what? I was like, yeah. You could just you could just skip it. Like all of Bleach is probably like 150 episodes. It's not that as long oh, yeah. as you think. And she's like, "What? What? What? What the fuck?" I was like, "Yeah, just look up like the filler list, and you'll see. There's a shit ton of filler. So yeah. we'll see if she'll watch it. But who knows?" Um, moving on. Spy Classroom, not to be mixed up with Assassination Classroom or Classroom of the Elite or any other fucking classrooms and spy shows, will premiere in January 2023. Red Volume 1, thought it was fine. Nothing special, but, you know, maybe the anime would be a bit better. Ooh. The third part of Showa no, uh, Showa no Gurazeni? Gurazeni has ended, but will return with Part 4 in February 2023. The manga Labyrinth Weather will end on December 13th. The author of Gamers, uh, Sen- uh, Sakina, Sakina Oi, 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 I said, uh, yep, got, we're just going to move on. We'll launch a new manga on November 9th titled The Person I Like Like Someone. What a great title that is. Uh, this isn't Perfect. so much news as it is just kind of a weird update um, that I saw an article on. And I kind of noticed it when I watched episode one. Love Flops. The manga describes one of the girl characters in it as Russian, but the anime that just came out, uh, which I believe there's only one episode out, I don't think episode two has aired yet, the anime describes her as Bulgarian, so that's uh, that's a little bit of an interesting change 
after all of the world shit that's happened this year. So, Probably appropriate, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Love of Kill is ending with its 13th volume this winter. I, again, read volume one. Didn't really enjoy it, so I was like, cool. You watched episode one. You were like, didn't really enjoy this. Cool. And we moved on with our day. But I'm mm. glad it's getting an ending because, honestly, more manga and anime need fucking endings. They can't just keep going on forever. Just give us, give us an ending. Stick the landing. Do the thing. Moving on. My special one manga is going on hiatus due to the author's health. The manga creator Gengoro Tagame, uh, he's the author of My Brother's Husband, has launched a one-shot titled Fish and Water, which this seems pretty pretty wholesome. Maybe some BL in there, but it seems pretty wholesome uh, from the description I read, so go check it out. The manga, together with upperclassman Hiragi, will end next chapter. The manga Beautiful Place will resume in 2023, so that's pretty neat. <laughs> Speaking of resuming for way too long, Gundam Thunder, needing an ending, Gundam Thunderbolt, the manga, will continue for another five to six years. So, lovely. Planning on that that creator's part to be, able to be like, yeah, we're probably going to take this bitch on another ride for another five to six years. Yeah, but... Anywho, this one I was kind of sad about. Super Smartphone, the manga, has ended, but will include an epilogue story in its third and final volume, which will release in Japan in January. I read this from day one. I thought the first few chapters were fine, and then I think it was by, like, six or seven, um, whenever the high-rise incident happened, I was like, cool, okay, I like this. This is actually pretty good. I'm enjoying this. And they were building up towards something, and then they just kind of were just like, Shut her down, and fucking here's you'll see more in the epilogue and the volume and the graphic novel. And like, well, that sucks, but whatever. Yeah. Moving on, it's a, it was a fun read, yeah, it was. But it, I wish it would have you know, we could have seen the story end, but it is what it is. Sakamoto Days is getting a novel, which it's already a manga, don't know why it needs a novel, but you know, get that money, I suppose. Uh, I am looking forward to that anime, that's gonna be a fun one. Uh, yeah, the. Uh, sorry story of assault uh, god why can't my brain is like a zombie right now i can't fuck there's a, this is a lot of alliteration right here to, to be fair a little bit there's a lot of s's here story of yeah. a small senior in my company is getting an anime in 2023 don't know when but that seems wholesome as shit i'm gonna watch it this, yeah. if you like my senpai is annoying watch it but like opposite like the senpai is the small I, person yeah so anywho uh, fil the film Gold Kingdom and Water Kingdom will open in Japan on January 27th. I think it's actually getting its debut in the U.S. at a film festival later this year. I don't remember what. Don't quote me on it. Moving on. The Gender of Mona Lisa, the manga, will end in with its 10th volume. Saving 80,000 gold in another world for my retirement will get an anime and premiere in January 2023. There's another one for you, buddy. Yay. And the last one, Tokyo Revengers, the manga, will end in five chapters i think it actually got a date like uh november 27th i want to say okay so yeah that's that's uh i know a lot of people in different servers that i'm in just absolutely love it november 16th i was buying time they love it they're really sad but you know what again glad it's getting an ending things need yeah. to end but we are going to move straight on in to our last news story of the day spy family creator feels nothing and we mean nothing towards the forger family and uh, you might be asking yourself the fuck what uh tatsuya endo the mangaka behind spy x family recently admitted that he has no attachment with the characters of the popular series in a recent interview blue exorcist creator kazuo Ka uh, kato complimented endo on his character design in the spy family series to which endo replied i gave up on what i originally wanted to draw and drew what the world wants to see not myself, so I have no attachment to the characters at all. Endo revealed that his editor wanted cool, or quote, cool, Lloyd, and quote, cute, Anya, characters for the series since they are important for the manga popularity. Endo continued with other series, but neither of them really gained as much notoriety or popularity as Spy Family. Um, in a separate interview, though, Endo also admitted that he doesn't even really like spies. He stated that he doesn't like the concept, or that he does like the concept of having, or, yeah, sorry. Endo yeah. stated that he does like the concept of having a secret identity, so ultimately decided to go with an espionage theme to channel that concept. 
So basically, he's <laughs> like, hey, I don't like spies. I don't like cutesy characters that everybody seems to like. I like this other thing, but nobody seems to like it. So let's get some money. Let's build some goodwill. Let's do this goddamn series that's going to be popular and everybody's going to love. And then maybe I'll do whatever I want to afterwards and people will love me. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I I think it's it's more just funny that in the interview he's like yeah it's not really what i want to draw so i don't have any attachment which makes me believe like oh he, he could just kill him off in an instant and be like yeah whatever i don't care um but i mean in fairness though i feel like this is just a part of the industry right where it's like hey you, you know you have a cool and concept or yep. idea in mind but let's let's make it in line with what's popular right now which is like you know people want to see the cool and cutesy stuff so that's where we landed with, you know, the Forger family. And then he at least likes the idea of having like an alternate personality or a secret identity. So spies is what he wants, but he doesn't even really like spies that much. It's just sort of fit the profile of the idea. So, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those situations where it's like, it's not his baby by any means. He's just kind of, you know, moving it along and helping it grow. But the invisible, you know, strings. he at least, yeah. But, you know, he at least cares enough about it to continue doing it. I think if you hated it enough, you'd be like, no, I'm good. Um, I will say, though, that the other series that he he has written, which I don't think either of them have English adaptations. So if you were to read them, you'd have to go find scans online. Um, the character designs are like more gruff and grimy and dirty and kind of it, not extravagant, but like a little a little chaotic we'll say like in one of the panels that like Doro Hidoro chaotic no 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 not that, not that chaotic no <laughs> like um just like like in, in the one panel that i saw it was like a little girl that had like a bunch of snakes as her hair and she was like had like a weird weird eye and looked a little like dirty and then there was another gentleman who had like a gruff outer appearance oh. with uh you know, scraggly facial hair and stuff. So, like, I feel like those types of characters are what Endo enjoys more, something that he is interested in or, like, that's unique and different. So maybe having, like, this cookie-cutter cookie, cookie cutter family, you know, albeit super cool, given that the husband's a spy, the the wife's a, an assassin, and the young daughter is a... Uh, a telepath. Site, telepath, thank you. Mm. Um, like, it's still unique, it's just... I think character design wise, he he enjoys yeah. the more the more eccentric type. So I see what you mean because um, I looked into his Wikipedia just to see what his other works are, and one of them is called Tista, uh, which is actually getting an English. Uh, it's two volumes long, but it's getting volume one released in next year in March. No, sorry, April. Okay. Um, so yeah, I guess one of his other like I'd seen this cover art, I was like, oh. He did this. Did not know that. But yeah, he's getting uh, another release, I guess, from one of his older mangas uh, next year, which, Jesus cool. Christ, this is old. This is from 2007, 2008. Oh, um, okay, this is separate just because you made that uh, that comment. Um, do you want to know when JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean first came out? In it's Japan, in, I since I was looking up what the watch order was, I uh, just I I know that it's like in the nineties. Yeah, the manga came out in nineteen ninety nine. That's when it started. Yeah, no, the and, the and, manga for the entire thing is old as shit. Yeah, no, I no, I know it is, but like they haven't they haven't even Viz hasn't even started to release the English yet for Stone Ocean. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, they, they so take like their times with things they want to you know they probably oh, yeah. have like a whole release schedule of like hey. You know, we don't have times of, like, we don't have many releases here. We'll just fill it with, like, stuff that we haven't translated quite yet or something. I don't know. Yeah. They've, they've got their whole thing set. It's fine. Just It just goes to show, like, just how sometimes the English adaptations can take a long, long time. Whether it's, like, a weird swirl of popularity around the series that makes its way to the United States, and you know, outside of Japan or what. But, yeah. Um, but good for Endo that another series is being... Uh, adapted for English readers because I would be interested in taking a look at some of his other stuff because we both thoroughly enjoy Spy Family even if he doesn't 
<laughs> have the safe satisfaction that many of his his readers and viewers have that towards we the do. Forger family. <laughs> but the satisfaction that we do have is what we want to recommend to you this week. Tyler, Magically Average, what are you recommending this week? I am recommending Beauty and the Feast, which is a wonderful slice of life. Uh, it's about a widower who sort of adopts this high school baseball player that is uh, has traveled well far away from his family to play high school baseball for, a, an, an, I guess, a very strong team in mm-hmm. Japan um, with the anticipation of going to college and then one day playing in the majors in Japan. Uh, sort of adopts him because he comes back home late and asks for some ingredient or something to make food, and she's like, well, I can just make you food instead. And it's like the if you give a mouse a cookie sort of situation where, like, she's like, yeah, I'll invite him over and and make a meal for him because she just she enjoys cooking. And after her husband died, didn't really get that same satisfaction of cooking um, for herself like she used to when when her husband was still around. So makes food and realizes that the kid is basically just a bottomless pit (laughs) makes it like makes an entire I don't know how big her rice maker is, but eventually, like later on in the the manga, has to go get a bigger one because he just eats so much. Like ate a whole rice cooker's worth of cooked rice in one sitting, on top of like a full ass meal. <laughs> and she's like, "I have my hands full with this little guy." Hot uh, so it's it's really cute. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's if you like slice of life and you like uh, food related stuff, because I think they do give recipes and everything too. Um, go give it a read. It is Beauty and the Feast. There are currently four volumes out in English. Fair enough. Um, something I'm going to recommend is a little bit newer. It's volume one of Don Da Don. This just came out this past dun, dun, week dun. or within a week. Yeah, I know. Don Da Don. Um, I wonder if that's intentional. Um, but basically, the less you know about this, the more the better it is. The the it's just off the rails, fucking crazy. It's hilarious. It's stupid, but it's so much fun to read. Um, the first chapter, just the very brief synopsis of it, uh, nerdy boy at school just randomly has a conversation with a girl at school. The boy be- is like super into UFOs, believes aliens exist. Girl is super into the occult, believes that spirits exist, but they both don't believe in each other's things. So what do they do? They dare each other to go into a highly like um, reported area of their choosing of their other things so the boy goes to a highly like an area that's highly reported with spirits and the girl goes to a place that's highly reported that there's like ufo like sites so that's like just a chapter one synopsis and it just goes off the fucking rails from there if you um if you don't have money and you don't collect manga and you don't just read physical this is all available on manga plus which is a legitimate and free app um, it is part of Viz, so you can go read it all there for free. Uh, they have more than just one volume out. They have 79 chapters. So there is a ton of this out there to read. Good God. Yes. Um, it is fantastic. It's hilarious. Go get a read. Um, but if you're not going to give it a read and you just spent your time watching us, we appreciate it. We thank you for joining us this week. We will be back next week with another brand new episode. If you want to keep the fun going, you can head over to our Twitter where you can find our links to all our socials and all that shit, and it's fine. It is what it is. We even have our Discord link in there, so you can yell at us in there. So until next time, Spark Triumph. We'll see you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.